This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We always praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his household, his companions. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless them, to bless all of us, and to grant us goodness in this world and the next. My brothers and sisters, that is exactly what we are looking for, goodness. Goodness in this world and the next. Every time we seek the blessings of Allah. Every time we are asking Allah for happiness, we are asking Him for goodness, for sustenance. And many of us, unfortunately, that dua, that supplication is connected to this immediate, worldly, temporary life that is very, very short. Many of us forget that what is to come is much, much longer. In fact, it is everlasting. So while it is very important for us to continue to make dua to Allah and to supplicate to Him to give us the best of this world, we should never ever forget that the hereafter is definitely the more important of the two. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us goodness in this world and even greater goodness in the hereafter. Ameen. So in life... We are faced with big decisions that we need to make. In life, we are faced with challenges. We are faced with circumstances. All this is part of Allah's plan. If Allah wanted, He would have made us eat once a month so that we did not need to eat every day. If Allah wanted, He could have made us eat once a day so that we didn't need to earn much. Think about it. Because of food and food alone, a lot of our sustenance is earned. Subhanallah. Imagine if you didn't need to eat and your family did not need to eat. Would you really need to have the worry of getting a good job and a good salary and bringing... But it's part of Allah's plan. That is why Allah kept it in a unique way. Nobody will understand the plan of Allah unless they look at the words of Allah. The answers are in revelation always. So in life, we forget sometimes due to the glamour and the glitter and the luxuries and the desires of this world, we tend to forget the rules that Allah has placed for us to be really happy and to really achieve goodness, did you know the more disciplined you are, the greater happiness you will always have, without a doubt. The more focused, the more focused you are, <coughs> the greater happiness you will have, without a doubt. Now, unfortunately, as I said, we sometimes tend to forget because of the pressure of the world. So we use vulgar words, we say bad things, we have friends who are perhaps not worthy of being friends, we have acquaintances and business partners who sometimes brush off onto us with their bad behavior, bad ethics, bad character. We have situations where we find ourselves compromising justice, knowing, knowing that we are wrong. But may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep guiding us. Today, I want to go through 
something very interesting. It is the issue of regret. Many of us regret. We regret the friends we have or had. We regret something we did in the past. We regret a sin we've committed. We regret a condition that we found ourselves in. But the ultimate regret will be the regret in the hereafter. No doubt. So if you look at the Quran, the Quran speaks of regret in a beautiful way. One of those ways is where Allah says he uses the word Ya Laytani or Ya Laytana. Oh, I wish I could have. And then he says something. He is narrating to us what man would wish he would have done when he comes into the hereafter and he sees the reality as soon as he dies and he sees, you know, like when you're in the womb of your mother and you didn't ever, ever expect that there was life beyond the womb. And suddenly you popped into this earth and you looked and you were like, wow. I was in this womb thinking there was nothing to come and that's the end. And here we are with the, with the real life. The same way or even in a more unique way, one day we will pop into the hereafter and we will like, wow, is this what Allah was talking about? Subhanallah, good news to the believers. May Allah make us from among them. We believe firmly that the hereafter is better than this life. We believe firmly that we are heading into something that we will be wowed by. In reality, may Allah give us Jannatul Firdaus. So Allah says, the biggest regret that mankind will ever have, the biggest regret, and on what basis am I saying the biggest? Because the most of these, oh, I wish I would have, and I wish I could have, you know, changed something that I did in the past. The biggest regret will be the friends that you kept and the company that you had. Did you know that? The biggest regret that man will have when he goes into the hereafter. Yes, we know that shirk is a major crime associating partners with Allah. We know the levels of sins. But here we're talking of regret because one thing leads to another. How many people have gotten closer to Allah because of their friends? And how many people have forgotten their morals, their ethics, their values and their faith and their connection with Allah because of their friends and those whom they associate with? How many people who had no vulgar words on their tongues, suddenly they became the worst from amongst the bad mouth because of the way their friends spoke? How many were elevated and they became pure and good and they became proper people who were conscious of Allah because of the friends they kept. That's why the hadith, the Prophet says, A person is known without a doubt by the company he keeps. You want to know a man, don't look at him. You want to know a woman, don't look at her. Just look at who their best friends are and that's over. The story is closed. There's no chance that they will be any different. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. It sounds a little bit hard. Some might say, no, there is an exception, etc. No, if you are really bosom buddies from within, birds of a feather flock together, even the non-Muslims agree. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. And this is why the hadith speaks of, and even the Quran warns us of the company. Allah tells us subhanahu wa ta'ala through the blessed lips of Rasulullah sallallahu it is better for you to have a smaller group of company, companionship that is better for you than to have a large crowd of people who are drifting you astray. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. The first point, and Allah makes mention of this in Surah Al-Furqan, two different verses. Ya laytani lam 
تَتَّخِذْ فُلَانًا خَلِيلًا Oh, on the day of judgment, the oppressor, the one who has wronged himself, the one who has done wrong, he will say, Oh, oh I really wish I didn't have that particular person as a friend of mine, as an acquaintance of mine. He led me astray. I knew the truth. I knew what was right. But this person in particular today has made me regret. May Allah save us. Learn to recognize. This is in Surah Al-Furqan. Do you know the meaning of Furqan? The criterion. It goes deeper. The ability to distinguish between right and wrong. That ability is only given to those who have taqwa. To those who have a relationship with Allah. That's the meaning of taqwa. Taqwa is your relationship with Allah. The powerful one is a muttaqi. The one who has no relationship with Allah is far from taqwa. Taqwa is the consciousness of Allah. The concern of saving yourself from the fire of Allah. All this is part of the term taqwa. So Allah says, those who can distinguish are only those who are conscious with us. If you're a friend of Allah, it is impossible to befriend an enemy of Allah. It is impossible to befriend someone who's drifting you away from Allah. Whether it is through your character, conduct, or your ibadah, your worship. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. وَيَوْمَ يَعَضُّ الظَّالِمُ عَلَى يَدَيْهِ يَقُولُ يَا لَيْتَنِ اتَّخَذْتُ مَعَ الرَّسُولِ سَبِيلًا The next verse. Allah says, on that day, the oppressor, the wrongdoer, the one who is now doomed on the day of judgment, the one who's doomed, what will he say? Oh, I wish and I, I, I wish that I could have followed the path of the messenger. It was clear in front of me. I didn't follow it. It's because of the friend I had or the circle I had. The people around me, they drifted me away from the messenger. Some people are too embarrassed to even dress as a Muslim. Some people are too embarrassed to even, to even confirm that they are Muslim. And Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, who comes first, your maker or your breaker? Allahu Akbar. One is your maker and the other is your breaker. Unfortunately, we don't understand this at times because life, we are too busy with it. We are too busy. And yes, rightly so, we are busy earning, we are busy struggling, we are trying to put food on the table, my brothers and sisters. In the interim, we are losing our relationship with Allah, the owner of that plate, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why I started off by saying, if Allah wanted, He could have kept us to eat food once a month only, just like you fill the tank of your petrol, we wouldn't mind standing in a queue, filling it once a month and moving. That's it, no more food for the, the whole month, imagine. Zimbabweans would understand this quite clearly. But my brothers and sisters, Allah wanted you to toil. Allah wanted you to strive, to struggle. That's why He kept more than one meal a day so that you can go out. You have to go out. Like I said, if you didn't have to eat, you probably wouldn't even have to work. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. May Allah grant us goodness. So these are the first two verses. Then in Surah An-Nisa, Allah makes mention of those who hasten towards goodness and another group who doesn't go with them, who doesn't follow, who's not quick enough to do good. Look, when there is a good deed done, always the people who will be rewarded the most are those who were at the forefront, those who were with it at the beginning. Look at the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, the best of the lot, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. He was there from the beginning, Umar ibn al-Khattab, top 40. Those were from among them, the Ashara al-Mubashir, 
الْمُبَشَّرِينَ بِالْجَنَّةِ The ten who were granted the good news of paradise. They were from the top. Allah praises them in the Qur'an. وَالسَّابِقُونَ السَّابِقُونَ أُولَٰئِكَ الْمُقَرَّبُونَ فِي جَنَّاتِ النَّعِيمِ Those who were right at the beginning, the ones who were at the start, the ones who always hasten towards goodness as soon as the news of it comes to them. Allah says, they are the ones who are the closest to us. We will give them Jannah with so much of boon. May Allah make us from those who always, when we hear good, we are the first ones. And when we hear bad, we are the first ones to run away. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen us. We need the boost. Just like we all need fuel in our motor vehicles. Wallahi, we, more importantly, we need closeness to Allah. We need the boost. May Allah grant us ease. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us clearly that there will be a group of those who had stayed behind. You know, when evil comes, when evil comes towards the people, then those who lagged behind, they will say, just as well we weren't with them. Because if we were with them, we would have lost. So say for example, at the time when the Muslim army went out, there were certain, certain people who stayed back. When they struggled a little bit and suffered a little bit of loss, the people who were hypocrites, they sat behind and said, just as well we weren't with them. And Allah says, وَلَئِنْ أَصَابَكُمْ فَضْلٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ when goodness comes to those who made haste towards the pleasure of Allah, you find those who lag behind, they will regret and they will say, you know what? We wish we were with them or with him. So that we could have succeeded a little bit, we could have tasted a bit of this. You know, it reminds me of a business deal. And we have to say this because many of us struggling at this moment, we ask Allah to make it easy for us economically as well. If you want the economics to be easy, there's one quick solution. Develop your relationship with the owner of that economics, who's Allah. With the owner of sustenance, who's Allah. Trust me, when your relationship with your Qur'an, your Qur'an on a daily basis is strong, if you can spend half an hour or more, Allah will open your doors of sustenance without a doubt. He owns that sustenance. Even if He gives you less, He will give you barakah in it. With us, I promise you, we need this reminder. Because we are struggling so much that we forget to worship the owner, the boss, the creator, the one who owns the whole world. And we are busy searching for that sustenance with everybody else. Little Tom, Dick and Harry, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So develop your relationship with the Qur'an. The example that came to my mind was, when a person comes to you as a businessman and tells you, look, I've got this... Uh, you know, deal, we're about to go into this venture and you're going to make so much of money and you're going to do this and do that, what will happen? 99, if not 100% of us, we will doubt it if it's too good to be true, right? And we feel, I don't really want to put my money in here, I'm going to risk it, this is too good to be true. Trust me, when you trust the source and you know what's happening and you've studied a little bit and you know this person is a successful person as it is, those who put their money in the early stages when Bitcoin went to 18,000, they were smiling all the way, subhanallah. And then some of the slow coaches, when they got in at 18,000 and it dropped back to 8,000, they lost, subhanallah. 
Okay, that's, that might be a silly example, but I'm sure we relate to it. What I mean is, when you get into the deal at the beginning, you won't regret. For as long as you know the source is legit. But when you wait and you're sitting and you're watching, Allah says, well, when it comes to goodness and good deeds, you're not even supposed to do that. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from regret. But ultimately, we need the power to distinguish between right and wrong, what is beneficial and what is not. That power, the Quran says, you will only get it when you develop your relationship with Allah. Ya amanu in you who believe. It is only if you develop your relationship with Allah that you you will be able to distinguish. Subhanallah. So we're ready to develop our relationship with Allah. Take your time in salah. That's your maker. That is the one who created you. He's the one you're going to go back to. He's the one who made you in the first place. Take your time. Engage in dhikr. 90% of us, and I'm saying this because I've asked a lot of people, how much dhikr do you make a day? They say, what do you mean? That's the question they ask. And I say, the subhanallah, the alhamdulillah, the Allahu Akbar. How many times do you repeat it a day? And they just look at you and say, hey, you know what? You're just reminding me now. Subhanallah, how many of us do dhikr? I don't want you to put up your hands because I know we will all, including myself, be embarrassed. But we, that's the dhikr of Allah. We don't want to regret things, my brothers, my sisters. Take a look, the next verse. What happens in society and community, and this verse is in Surah Al-Ahzab, towards the end, a powerful verse, where Allah speaks about how people will regret on the day of judgment, regret the friends they had. Once again, and the people they followed and those whom they had as a circle. You know what will happen on that day? They will come up and say, Oh Allah. Ya wa we regret so badly. We wish that we followed Allah and the Messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And what will they say? Rabbana inna ata'na sadatana wa kubara'ana fa'adhalluna sabila Rabbana atihim di'fayni minal adhabi wal'anhum kabira They will say, oh our Rabb, we followed the big chiefs from our communities, the wealthy, we followed society's leaders and they led us astray. Oh Allah, punish them, double punishment and curse them, a big curse. We followed them, they led us astray, we regret it. We should have followed you and we should have followed the messenger. Allah says, too late. Allahu Akbar. Who are the sadatana wa kubara'ana? They are the leaders of society and community who are leaders based not on their connection with Allah, but on their connection with the worldly life. The very big difference between the two. It doesn't need a rocket scientist to distinguish this. If your leaders are leaders based on their relationship with Allah and His Rasul, they are true leaders. But if your leaders are your leaders and you follow them based on their success in their businesses and their worldly life far from Allah, those are not leaders. That's what Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's clear. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us success. That doesn't mean you're not allowed to do business deals with people you disagree with. You may do a permissible business deal, but you need to know your lines and your limits as a Muslim. You need to know, I know of a very, very wealthy businessman who cancelled a massive appointment because it was clashing with Farad Salah. 
Subhanallah, farad salah. A lot of us wouldn't mind astaghfirullah canceling the Jum'ah because of a million dollar deal. What comes first? What comes first? People will say, well, I, I heard that three Jum'ahs might delete you, not one. Astaghfirullah, look at how you're finding excuses. Allah says, hang on, tell the guy, I'll see you at two o'clock. What did it cost you? Subhanallah. So Allah says, watch out. When your leaders are leaders who are leaders based on their connection with Allah, you're going to go in the right direction. You'll always be a happy person. You'll come out of a masjid feeling so good and feeling rejuvenated because you know what? Your connection with Allah has been rekindled. May Allah grant that to us. But sometimes you come out of a masjid feeling like I shouldn't even have come. May Allah not let that happen to us. Then we have another verse, subhanallah. Verse of Surah Al-Fajr. And I'm sure a lot of us might have heard this many times because Surah Al-Fajr, it's recited a lot in Isha and in Fajr. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the one who regrets, he will say, Ya laytani qaddamtu li hayati. As soon as his eyes close, he's gone into the hereafter and he sees the reality, he will say, Oh, I wish I had handed more. I wish I did more for my life. Which life? Within your life, you did more for the real life, which is the hereafter. As soon as you get into the hereafter, you realize, hey, I did the business deals, I bought the properties, I did this, I earned the money, I had luxuries, I used to run after the latest of this and that. But what about now? What about now? I really wish I did something for this real life. So Allah says, Ya laytani qaddamtu li hayati. A person will regret at that point to say, I wish I did more for my hereafter. My brothers and sisters, do you know if someone offered you $20,000 salary a month today, next year you will want more. Do you know why? Your standard of living will go so high that you won't be able to survive with less than that anymore. Yet there is a person who will earn perhaps and because of their standard of living being acquainted or being in sync with that amount, they are still happy and excited. So this is why it doesn't mean how much you have is going to be happy. It's your connection with Allah that will make you happy. I could walk into a five-star restaurant and pay $300 for a meal and another guy will pay $3 for sadza and he will have a belly filled more than mine with healthier food and he's still a happy man smiling and back at work at 2 o'clock with us 3 p.m. the cholesterol still going in. Allahu Akbar. May Allah grant us goodness. So it all depends on how you look at things my brothers and sisters. Be content with what Allah has blessed you with. Keep a portion for the hereafter. Help those in need and help them a lot. Even if it's a good word, help people who ask of you. And we are not condoning asking, but sometimes out of desperation, the good people have to come to ask. If Allah has blessed you, what will five dollars do against you? Allahu Akbar. May Allah open our doors. May Allah grant us goodness, my brothers and sisters. And that's why in Surah Al-An'am, Allah says, on that day, people will be standing about to be thrown into hellfire. And they will say, Ya laytana nuraddu wa la nukathiba bi ayati rabbina wa nakuna minal mu'mineen. How I wish that I could be sent back to the earth so that I could believe and I could not belie the messenger and Allah and I could do good deeds again. Allah says, too late. Allahu Akbar. We gave you a chance. We sent you messages, beautiful messages. What are we doing right now? We're talking about Allah. What does Allah want from us? 
One word. Discipline. Think of it. That's all Allah wants. Discipline in your acts of worship. Discipline in your character and conduct. Nothing else. Discipline in your dealings is connected to your character and conduct. Allah wants discipline. Be disciplined. Be hard on yourself. Don't be hard on others. Be hard on yourself. With others, you guide them in a beautiful way. So Allah is telling us there will be people who will regret it on the day of judgment. Don't be from amongst them. The last verses that I want to share with you. Number one is, you know when the books will be given on the day of judgment? When the books will be given? The person who gets the book on the right side will be extremely excited. Because he knows, oh, I'm getting my book on the right. It's like when you see the list and you check up to 50% all the names written in blue. And after that, when it comes to 49.9, the names are written in red. And you haven't yet seen your name. You don't even want to look at the rest of the results. Because you know, that's it. It's over and going. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not let that happen to us. So Allah says, As for the one who will get his book in the left, left hand, what will he say? فَيَقُولُ يَا لَيْتَنِي لَمْ أُوتَ He's going to say, oh, 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 I wish I didn't even get my book. Like I said, you don't even want to know your results. I wish I didn't even get my book. I wish I didn't even know what my accounts were. Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, why do that? Prepare it from now. Brothers and sisters, no matter what you've done in your life, you are writing your book right now. Delete the bad pages by Tawbah and Istighfar. Every bad sentence you've written in your own book will be wiped out completely. Say, Oh Allah, whatever I have done is wrong. I admit it. I seek your forgiveness and I'm not going to do it again. I will try my best to be the best possible person. And then you can get your book in the right. Even if you did bad, Allah says, we'll convert that into good because you turned to us voluntarily when you could. Not when it's too late. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us goodness. The last point. Those who are far from Allah did not believe, did not believe at all when they see the punishment and the wrath and all the evil that may afflict them and befall them in the hereafter. They will say, Ya laytani kuntu Oh, I wish I was dust. I wish I was dust again, not to be mentioned. I wish I wasn't even a person. I wish I wasn't even resurrected. Why the regret? Just because they were distanced from Allah. So my brothers and sisters, these are the few verses depicting the regret of others. May we never be from among those. I have said the way to Allah, seek forgiveness. Smile when you think of the beauty that Allah has bestowed upon us in the rules and regulations that are absolutely great. Help others, Allah will help you. Have mercy on others, Allah will have mercy upon you. Be just and you will find justice will be served even one day when you need it the most. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness.